Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 198. This week, Carl and I talk about remote work, guiding your career, and living in an RV. Should you go with the service go? Stereoscopic doom. And CSS that renders differently depending on which browser you use. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Check it out today at raygun.com. Hey, Carl, how's it going? It's going really good. So we got that conference coming up, right? Yep. I think as we're recording, there's two weeks left. Mm-hmm. If you want to sign up and buy a ticket, meet us and all the awesome other people that are going to be at Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. Uh, this has always been one of our favorite conferences to go to. Uh, there's uh, not only just tons of technology, it's not focusing in anyone. So it's not just web, mobile. Uh, it's not just Microsoft or Apple or anybody's technology. It's just ton of technology. It's at a water park, uh, so it's kind of hard to go wrong. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, one of the nights they even rent out the entire evening. So it's just conference attendees at the water park going down all the slides and stuff. Or if you want the lazy river, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, Whatever your style, they have something for you. And I would also say there are sessions on uh, like personal and career development. Um, unfortunately, my extreme remote work session wasn't accepted i would have loved to have uh, done that talk but um you know if you if you have any questions about that that we don't cover in the show today uh just come up to me and uh and ask away okay so what do we have for the comment of the week all right we're going to cover two comments uh one is a off the itunes uh a five-star review from coding 777777 <laughs> uh, he says it's a great podcast for developers so Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got an email from uh, Barrett Blake. Um, he's commenting both on the previous episode on bots, as well as the question that I had out. Um, he says, I have yet to find a single good instance of a bot. Uh, a couple, mostly Alexa, uh, began to come close to being actually useful, but the vast majority are worse than trying to make your way through a customer service phone menu to the point that you can actually talk to someone. Uh, as for bags, the one that I depend on is the Solo Duane Hybrid Briefcase. It's light, durable, has plenty of room for even the largest laptops and all the accessories, as well as a couple of exterior pockets for other needs. Best of all, it works equally well as a backpack or a messenger bag. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Or even a briefcase if you're really old school. And you can quickly and easily switch so you can change up your load on your shoulders when needed. I've used it for three years now as my daily work bag, carrying a full-size laptop, a Surface Pro 4, and all the various cords and accessories. It's never let me down, and you really can't tell that it's uh, gotten uh, old as there's so little wear on it. Uh-huh. So thank for that. Thank you for that feedback, uh, Barrett. And if you want to get mentioned on the show, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com. Comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Stitcher. We really love those five-star iTunes reviews. Absolutely. Okay. So we have some really good news stories, actually. So the first one here is uh, enabling Markdown support in WordPress. Did they finally add this feature, Carl? Finally. Uh, you, you know, it's one of those things that uh, because it hadn't come out for quite a few years, I mean, I think I've been using Markdown for over five years at this point, or at least around that that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would think that somebody would have integrated this in Markdown sooner, but it's actually a, a first-class citizen um, in the settings, you can go to the writing uh, dashboard, and there's a checkbox. Use markdowns. Uh, use markdown for posts and pages. So I wonder if they let you import markdown now as well, because that was that was one of the reasons why I always ruled out WordPress as an option. Because my posts, I wanted them in, in specifically in Markdown. Um, and actually, my blog, you know, while statically generated, all of the posts are 100% Markdown, and I feel like that makes it much more portable. Because it it always seemed like a really bad idea having HTML in your blog posts because, you know, what ends up happening is, you know, you have these ancient blog posts and like browsers change and it's something that you have to keep up to date. Whereas Markdown is sort of timeless, like even 100 years from now, if you want to interpret Markdown, um, 
you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty simple formatting language. So I just feel like it's a way better choice for something like this. So it's great to see that. Absolutely. And then introducing the Surface Go. So I actually saw this, uh, this this was a few days ago that this was announced, and I actually I don't think I did any tweets on it or any retweets because I'm I'm not quite sure yet what to make of this. So do you want to break this down? Yeah. So the Surface Go is a uh, base price four hundred dollar uh, ten inch tablet in the Surface lineup that has the kickstand, so it can be kind of a convertible. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has NFC. It's using an Intel processor. It's completely fanless and it has no vents as well. Yeah. Uh, and that makes it really good for industrial scenarios. And I think the uh, the key thing that's really interesting with this too is even though it has a standard surface connector, mm-hmm. it also has USB-C that can do video data and power. Right. It's frustrating when you buy a laptop with USB-C that you can't charge over USB-C. My kids' laptops are like that. Um, and I, you know, I always have a USB-C charger. Plus, I have like a 12-volt USB-C charger. So it's really nice to see this because I would probably just go USB-C uh, for charging this. But I, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. It's probably been a while. But I really think that whenever you, whenever you're buying a lightweight device, they should always tell you the weight of the power adapter. And in this case, they do. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but basically, it weighs. But it's almost a tiny nothing. power adapter. It's tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like half the price of the previous one. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of my point. Is is like whenever you're looking at a portable device, you have to consider the weight of the device and of the charger because you're going to carry the the charger with you. Um, one thing I noticed, so this is actually a video that's going through the hardware and all of that. And it was talking about the specs that, that you had mentioned. And yeah, I think it's, it's a really cool device for like industrial scenarios because you won't be sucking dirt through there. Um, I think it's really cool that there's no fan. Um, so you're not going to have any kind of noise or anything like that. Um, one thing that I thought was worth calling out that, that was definitely marketing speak, but I think we can sort of read into more. Um, they mentioned it had an Intel processor for quote unquote predictable performance. And it's kind of funny because they're, you know, we're obviously an independent podcast. We both work at Microsoft, but you know, we, we want to remain in, uh, you know, independent and, and like, you know, be able to give our own opinions. And I think it's interesting because they, they say pr- predictable performance, which implies that if you are not using an Intel processor, that you don't have predictable performance. And um, I actually don't think that's as bad as it sounds, but um, I think it is worth calling out. Yes, this has an Intel processor, so you're going to get you know, the speeds that you're used to on all the applications that you run. I think they specifically created that term, though, or that phrase, because whenever you have these new Qualcomm devices and you're using emulation... Um, you know, I should say hypothetically, or, you know, I guess in the real world, if you are running an ARM application, it's going to run at full performance. And if you are running an x86 application on one of those new uh, devices, which are great devices, by the way, um, it will, it will be slower because it basically has an emulation layer. Now, I actually played around with some of these, probably some of the higher end devices. And I actually, I thought they were great. And I, I think there's I think there's a time and a place for for to, both types of processors and both types of uh, of performance. But I kind of wanted to call that out because I think I think that if you are in the market for a device like this, and this is why I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure like what to make of this thing, because it is I mean, it is a computer. But I think if I was going on vacation, I would love this as a as a computer because it's tiny um, and I can still run everything on it. Um, but you also got to start thinking, well, should you get a Qualcomm device? Um, the Qualcomm devices are always, uh, instant on, uh, the battery and standby lasts forever. Um, and if you're running, you know, just your web browser and maybe a couple other things that are sort of native to the device, you're going to get insane battery life where you don't even have to worry about the weight of the charger. So I think if you are in the market for a device like this, you have, you have some hard decisions that, that you need to really think through how you want to use a device and how you want the device to act. I don't know what your take on that is, Carl. Yeah, I, I agree with you on a lot of those things. And, you know, as, as part of uh, what I do when I specifically travel, mm-hmm. what I really want is I want something that's got really good battery life mm-hmm. where the ARM devices uh, would be a no brainer. Yeah. And I want something that's uh, is easy for me to take notes on in OneNote and email. Mm-hmm. And I think that if this device were an ARM device, that would hit my set of 
uh, check boxes really easily. Um, I, I generally know, you know, I, I have multi, several modes that I work in and when I'm traveling, it's always try to be as light as possible. Yeah. Uh, so if this hit that one little extra check box, I think this would be a very interesting option for me. Uh, but without it, you know, I, I can kind of leave this device. Um, it, it's also a little bit pricey for me to think about for my kids. Uh, this would right. be interesting device for them, but, um, but probably not got great my, gaming though. No. And, uh, cause my, my kids, they do a lot of web games. They do f- tons of Fortnite. I don't know how this would run something like that. Um, but they can do a lot of that on their iPads, which we got them, you know, ones that were on, on the generation getting out. So we got yeah. them $200 brand new iPads at the time. And, uh, you know, that's half the price of what this is coming out as. So, um, you know, I, I think it, it definitely hits certain parts of the market. Um, but not any of the ones that, uh, we're currently interested in right now. Yeah. If you're, if you're going on a trip, you know, like the, the types of trips that you and I do are often, like you said, email, OneNote, and maybe even using a pen to like come up with some architectures or something like that. Um, this actually is a great device and this would be an awesome device for watching movies on a plane because it does have the kickstand and um i think it's got a pretty much a perfect size screen for for on a plane as well um this could also be a good companion for for a mac to be honest with you because i carry a big you know like a 15 inch macbook pro which is you know uh fairly heavy and i mean it's i bring this out and it's basically my desktop computer is what it is so actually um if you are if you do run a macbook pro as kind of your main device this could actually be a good companion device. Um, and then I would say sort of the vice versa. Like if you're running a big hefty windows machine, then you could have like an iPad as your companion device. Like I think it's an interesting uh, option to sort of mix and match those. I think it's, I think it's uh, confusing if you are using a big windows machine and a, and a little tablet like this, unless you sort of say, I'm going to use the tablet for movies and, um, you know, that type of thing. I think it, I think it muddies the water when you're using like two devices for email and and that type of thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, the other thing that I've done a lot of is I've used the Azure app on my phone to hit like the Azure CLI. Yeah. And that's a little bit awkward uh, doing something like that. Whereas like this device would be great for VS code and the Azure CLI. Yeah. Man, I kind of want this now because, yeah, like you said, this would be <laughs> this would be for for me. This would be a really great companion device for, like you said, for email. And then um, VS Code would obviously run great on this thing as well. Um, you know, I don't think I'd run big visuals. I, I'm sure it's capable of doing regular Visual Studio, but like VS Code would, I'm sure would would sing on this thing. Um, so that could be that could be interesting. So I think it makes a good companion device for those types of activities. So. Okay, so we probably we probably should move on to the next news item. So the next one is Omdo. <laughs> I was like, what Omdo. the heck is this? Omdo? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in the 90s, I was uh, a huge fan of those computer images where it just looked like a bunch of random gibberish. But, like, if you crossed your eyes a certain way, there's, like, a stereoscopic effect mm-hmm. that made 3D image. So in that mess, you could cross your eyes and get that. Uh, what somebody was able to do was hack Doom, so you cross your eyes. That's why it's Omdo, so you know it's kind of like splitting the word yep. and making it crosswise. And applying the stereoscopic effect, so you can play Doom as long as you're cross-eyed. And uh, there's some really interesting gameplay. So just watching the video is a little bit hard because you're not controlling it. I think that's one of the things that you and right. I had discussed earlier. Um, uh, it's a little hard to watch, but once you get used to it, uh, like one of the things that happens is like doom, when you get hit, you get like the red, like, like edge glow. Yep. And that like makes it really hard for you to stay in that exactly. kind of, you know, uh, focusing on that image. So like when you get hit, it's actually extra hard. Mm-hmm. So not only is there the challenge of, you know, keeping your eyes focused at that right spot, but, uh, you know, keeping it there when all, there's all these extra distractions going on. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool hack and, uh, I haven't tried too hard, but I want to see if I can like download and play this. Yeah, because it definitely looked really cool. No, that'd be pretty cool. I wonder if you can do it on like DOSBox or something. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty neat if you could get that running. Um, and then this last news item: CSS is awesome. The div that looks different in every browser, and I did test this in multiple browsers. This is yeah, I tried this to, is pretty everyone, wild. everyone except for Firefox. Okay. <clears throat> 
And there's a code pen that I saw somewhere on Twitter. Uh, it got retweeted a bunch. And it's it's like what? Like if you have it properly formatted and everything on its own line, it's like it, like less than 20 lines of CSS. Yeah. And the re- resulting div is visually different on every browser. Right. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is like if you actually dig into the comments – uh, that happened after the original poster posted this. And somebody asked him, he's like, which one is the most right? And he's like, uh, actually, I think it's Edge. And then there's lots of jokes about it being the Edge case. <laughs> yeah, you know what this is kind of neat for? This is a neat test for telling which rendering engine is actually being used. So if you have like an email client or something like that, uh, being able to tell what they're what they're actually using. And and the thing I thought was most interesting is it's not like this div is just like ever so slightly different than all the other oh, yeah, ones. It's dramatically it's, different. It's dramatic. And like the one I thought was weirdest is Chrome just turns it into just this weird triangly mess <laughs> compared to the other ones. Yeah. It still looks artistic though. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. You know, it almost looks like one of those like uh scanning codes like you're supposed to hit with your smartphone or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah, we'll have that in the show notes so that you can go out there and try it in your browser and see what shape you get. Uh, so, Carl, we don't have a guest today, so uh, why don't you kick this off? What are we talking about? Yeah, uh, I think me and you, slowly without realizing it, have had a slow conversation over several years about mm-hmm. um, purposefully uh, choosing the things in our lives. Mm-hmm. And wh- why are why do we do what we do? Um, are these things that we do because that's the way we've always done them personally or as a society? Like you just kind of wake up and you do your nine to five. Um, you know, why are we choosing to do these things? And, uh, you know, do we have to, you know, can we choose other endings? I mean, one of the things that was always awesome when we were little is those choose your own adventure books. Yeah. And, you know, I think without it at the time, without realizing it at the time, it was really, I think a lot of the appeal was us being able to veer off the track of, you know, what might be the popular opinion. Exactly. And um, I think that in our uh, career field, you know, we do have a lot more options, especially now than we did, you know, five and 10 years ago. Uh, we have the the rise of remote working mm-hmm. and that having some, like a lot of implications on um, us being able to be a little bit more deliberate in choosing um, alternative lifestyles. Um, I think the the place where I first like started thinking about this was what wasn't even in my life, but just in my career. I noticed a lot of times people were, um, you know, just doing what their bosses told them. And generally that's a good thing. But a lot of times, without realizing it, they only learned the technologies that their bosses told them. They didn't do any of the passion projects that they thought were interesting. And because of that, you know, mm-hmm. their their leadership kind of, you know, kind of molded who they became. And yeah. I kind of I kind of learned quickly that even just doing small things um, on my own really made me a thought leader. It really changed the trajectory of my career. And then I saw some of the things that you were doing um, with your personal life mm-hmm. and realizing like, hey, you know, it's not just career. You know, a lot of times we like, um, you know, let even our careers affect what we do personally. Um, you moving to uh, Seattle was one of those, you know, it was one, wasn't a thing that you had to do. You were working remotely. And even when you went out there. You went out to Seattle to work for Microsoft and didn't go into work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole point was that I could I, I could drive in whenever I needed to, but it was probably 60% of the time overall, maybe, yeah, probably about 60% of the time I was still working from home. Um, so really, you know, now that I'm moving back to Wisconsin, it's just continuing to, to work from home. And it, it, it really... You know, I just sort of realized it, it's just a matter of like, um, I didn't have to batch things whenever I lived out there. You know, I could go to like three different meetings on three different days and just drive in. Uh, being remote, I have to uh, sort of plan things in the same week. But, you know, the funny thing is about being there and sort of being remote is you don't have an excuse to go talk to people. You know, so when I'm remote and I'm actually going into Redmond, I will reach out to people. <laughs> And I'll say, hey, I'm going to be in town. We should meet up. And it's a good forcing function. When you're there, it's like, oh, we can meet up anytime. And I have this whole list of people that uh, just never met up or I haven't talked to them forever. 
Um, so there's there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of an irony there, you know. So there there there's there's pros and calls or pros and cons uh, overall. So I did want to talk about what you were talking about earlier. I think it's I think it's tricky to sort of uh, rip all these pieces apart and and look at them separately. Um, you know, cause whenever you talk about like controlling your, your life and your career, I do think about this one thing, which is I, you know, I'll have people ask like, what is your, what is your five-year plan? You know, like what, it, where do you want or where do you see yourself in five years or whatever? And my answer for the past, probably at least five years has always been the same. I'm just like, you know, I really don't care. Like, I just want to, <laughs> I want to keep doing stuff that I like doing. Um, but I, you know, I think part of that too, is that I have, you know, worked my way into a certain part of my career. Um, I think it would have really been difficult if I would have started out remote and worked remote for a long time. And maybe maybe it wouldn't be difficult, but it's hard for me to imagine what that would have looked like because I didn't live that life. Um, but I was, you know, I was there in the office working with people. And I think in the big, especially when you don't know much, um, having those crutches really helps. Now I know, I know a lot more, I know how to learn. I know how to figure things out myself. And I also know how to work remote now. You know, I know how, what, what tools I can use to, to talk to people. And I also know when to travel. You know, I know that there's certain times that I do have to actually get on a plane and, and fly out there and, and do things that way. So it's a balance. It's learning things. Uh, you know, it's complicated. There's no, there's no simple answer, but the big, the big thing that you had pointed out was, was kind of molding your career. And, you know, I think you, Everybody talks about the 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 five year plan or whatever, but I think it's more. It needs to be like more tactical than that. Um, you know, make sure that what you're doing overall you're happy with, and then start to get some control and grab the reins over like what you're doing now and and steer yourself toward things that you know that you'll enjoy doing. And I think I think you'll be pretty well off. I mean, there's everybody has bumps in their career. You know, people have been laid off, fired, whatever. I've gone through that, um, and and it did. It really overall, I don't feel like it affected uh, affected my career negatively. Um, so you know, you end up where where you end up. So yeah. So you had mentioned like learning how to work remote. Mm-hmm. So can you can you kind of dig into like a little bit more about like what you've learned uh, being a remote worker? Yeah, so it was kind of interesting because I I was not remote at all previously, and then I joined Microsoft, and then I was a hundred percent remote, and uh, it's really strange going from an office where there's sounds and stuff going on to, um, you know, I was very clear with my family like, hey, I'm gonna work, you know, eight to five, nine to, or yeah, I guess it was really more probably like seven to five or seven to four, but you know, I'm gonna work these regular hours, and uh, you need to leave me alone. I you know pretend like I'm not here, and you know, you're sitting there, it's like you and your computer and it's just dead silent. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it, you know, it kind of, after a while, it, it was driving me crazy a little bit and you, you sort of get used to it after a while. But that was the biggest thing for me was just, just in silence. And I understand the need for, I, I've done this a couple of times where I will just go somewhere, uh, like where there's a whole bunch of people and just hang out, you know, if it's at Starbucks or, or wherever, um, or even just go sit at McDonald's for a while, like, you know, don't work there all day. Don't be that person, but, you know, go in there get some lunch and and maybe sit there for an extra hour or something and then it i don't know there's 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 some there's some psychology there i think um i've sort of grown past that i think i can i can sit in 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 quiet um that being said i usually have like some kind of learning material on in the background i'll play something um or or radio or something that that just you know provides a little bit of sound but um yeah I, i don't know like it's a lot of the things I feel like a lot of the things that I learned with remote work don't there's there's it's hard for me to like sort of see them now because it's just it's just the you know part of my life. So I mean there's there's communication tools like I think that I think the video is good. Um it's also challenging because like as as I go on, I get used to, you know, I I started to say how can I really leverage this re- remote work? Like hey, I can um uh, I can go, um, you know, like walk around the house or something. Like I don't have to stand in, you know, I don't have to just sit in my office. We started to do that. And now you have to turn off video. So I've had to, you know, have some, uh, some trade-offs like that. Um, I've also tried, you know, like 
if you are listening on a call, you know, can you add some kind of physical work? Like, can you go sweep something or can you go do this or that, you know? Um, and I sort of have mixed results on that because it's, you do want to, there is some psychology around sort of engaging the physical side um, while you're doing mental work and that, 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 that works out better. But, you know, a lot of experimentation, trying to figure out how to communicate with, with people uh, effectively using the tools. I think you have to have for remote work, you have to have uh, the better, the internet connection. I think uh, the, the better things are going to be like, you don't want to be fighting with your tech. I think that's one of the, uh, one of the biggest things, but just stay in regular contact with people. I don't have any, I don't have any like magical things here that will, that will make your life better. But um, just know that, you know, you do have flexibility, help other people understand how you're using that flexibility and take advantage of it. You know, go spend lunch with your kids at the park or like on the trip that I'm on right now, like there's been a couple lunches where like in the middle of the day, I'll go swimming with the kids for an hour or two and then I'll get back to work, you know, cause it's been, it's been really warm. Um, just, just, experiment and see what works and see what doesn't. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I've done, you know, and, and we have different uh, needs and scenarios is you had mentioned like you're not in an office, so you don't have those impromptu networking pieces. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm not doing this one thing to replace any kind of like social interaction, but uh, because I need that interaction, but, you know, networking is important at work. Uh, so one of the things I've done is I've helped coordinate a monthly kind of like uh, breakfast slash coffee mm -hmm. for remote workers in my area. Mm -hmm. So like once a month we get together and just talk. And, you know, I will say pretty much every time there's something positive that's work related that comes out of there. Mm. So even though we're doing it just to kind of get out of the house, yeah. you know, may maybe get a coffee or, or breakfast that you might not and meet some people. I I've had so many interesting uh, career enhancing things happen at those kind of events. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's one thing that's been really useful to me. And then, then um, you know, just being able to take advantage of alternate schedules. Like I've been able to, uh, you know, like, you know, my, my vehicle needs to go into the mechanic for some reason. I can sit and do my work from the mechanics yep. room. I've done, uh, I've done that many times. <laughs> uh, so it, it's nice being able to enjoy that kind of flexibility yep. as well. Yeah, I think I think one replay. You know, you you talk about p the the hallway conversations. Um, those are like five percent content, ninety five percent. You know, I, I guess it's there's a component of relationship building there, but they waste a lot of time doing that. That's just the reality. Like people don't realize, you know, you you're at work and they you know people are having these hallway conversations. It it sucks up a lot of people's time, especially like if there's something big going on um, and there's rumors flying around or whatever um, that, that wastes a lot of time. So I would say one, one tip that I have, if you were a remote worker, like don't, don't worry about missing some of those rumors and things like that. Like a lot of that is just a waste of time. Use the focus to your advantage. Like you have more focus than the people in the office. You're able to get more focus time Use that to your advantage, become more of a technical expert, put out more content, that type of thing. Um, you know, if you can't, if you can't get uh, those interactions, you can't get what you need in category A, then excel in category B and just be different. Like we, every team needs a combination, needs diversity, right, of thoughts and, and different ways of doing things. So you have a couple of people that have the hallway conversations. You have a couple of people that do some of the depth, you know, more depth work and, and that type of thing. And that makes a good mixture on the team. Don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications, supports all major programming languages and platforms, and integrates with your current development workflow tools too. There's a free 14-day trial, and it takes minutes to implement. So start resolving issues in your application and check it out today at raygun.com. You know, as another point on how much those conversations add up, at a previous employer where I was also working remotely, I had to come into the office uh, once every three weeks. Mm -hmm. And those three week, that one day every three weeks was a throwaway day for me yeah. because 20 different people who I didn't talk to for three weeks each had a t wanted to have a 10-minute conversation with me. Yep. Exactly. And, and so those days, like, even though like my boss thought it was like 
going to make me more productive or he could keep tabs on me. Those were such drains uh, on me because like you said, you know, I had been used to, you know, working, being able to focus and do things. And now there's a day that I can't. And in addition, I have to travel on top of it. Yeah, exactly. So work from home, kick some butt and, uh, you know, use that to your advantage. That's, that's probably my biggest tip there. So you've been hinting at this quite a bit. Uh, you know, how have you been kind of like extremely changing up your work life, uh, balance this summer. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll provide some of the details. So right now I'm in, uh, Omaha, Nebraska actually. And, uh, so what we did was we, uh, you know, my wife wanted to move back to Wisconsin to be closer to family. And actually because of some changes at, uh, at work, because of, uh, what our focus is, uh, it actually was a pretty good time to do things. Plus the real estate market in Seattle is getting a little bit ridiculous. So sort of everything lined up and we decided to make that move. So, uh, we do have, you know, this fifth wheel trailer, which has a lot of room. Like my kids have their own room and their own bathroom. We have our own room and we have a nice TV and kitchen and all that. So we said, okay, well let's sell our house here. Uh, or I should say not here. Let's sell our house in, uh, in, uh, you know, Seattle and, then we can basically go on the road for a couple of weeks and then we'll close on our house in Wisconsin. So we have the, the new house lined up in Wisconsin. We close on the 16th, which is the show. Well, probably by the time you listen to this, the, the, the house will probably be closed on and we'll actually be in Wisconsin. Um, but it was almost, uh, well, it was, I think three, maybe four weeks on the, on the road, um, you know, working, working remotely. And, um, you know, this has been a new experience. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know like the, the good and the bad. Um, so I can kind of walk through that. Um, it's kind of interesting. Like I found out, uh, like right now I'm sitting in, uh, sitting in our bedroom so that the, the kids are like in their room and you probably hear some background noise, but you know, they're kind of in and out and that type of thing. But, um, the, uh, you know, I have to, I have to find a place to work. The, the internet really varies. And I found out on the trailer itself, we have one air conditioning unit and then it's, uh, it has, um, uh, ducts that go into every room. Uh, it's roughed in for a second air conditioner, but, um, I did, I didn't buy it cause I didn't know if I'd need the second air conditioner. Well, it's a hundred degrees outside and super humid. Turns out we need that second AC <laughs> unit. <laughs> so that's been a little tough. Um, so it's just been, it's been not so great. Like we, we basically make it cold at night. We get caught up with the AC, but it was 80 degrees overnight last night. The nice thing in Seattle was every night, even in the summer when it was warm, uh, it would get, or even when it was hot, it would get cold at night and you could, you could cool down your house. So like our air conditioner is running 24 seven and is really just not able to keep up. Um, so that's been one challenge. Plus RVs are just notoriously like they're, they're designed to have, you know, 70 mile per hour winds in, in like in, in an earthquake, right? I mean, you're going down the road. The thing is it's, it's experiencing winds and an earthquake at the same time. And they try to make a lot of the components as cheap as possible. So now like the latest saga is like our refrigerator is, um, I don't know, it's, it's losing the battle to keep things cold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I, I actually think it's low on refrigerant. So I have to like deal with that kind of stuff. But overall, this is this is a really cool way to move uh, because the kids, every place, every RV park that we're at uh, has a swimming pool. And um, and actually, we're staying a lot of KOAs, which are expensive, but they have um, like the one we're at right now has amazing playground with a zip line and like this basketball thing that you like jump in. Um, They have like these cars that you can ride around in. Um, what else do they have? The last, and then they also have like pizza at certain nights. The last one we were in had like a bouncy pillow. It had a bouncy castle. It had these giant slides. Uh, that was, that was in, uh, Denver and, uh, um, you know, so they've, they've been having a, a fantastic time. I've sort of had to, you know, jump back and forth between work and, and like, you know, getting them the, the things that they need, but it, it's been overall, it's been, it's been working out, uh, pretty well. Um, you know, Remote work doesn't have to be stationary, although um, I am using a little AT&T hotspot and I have unlimited internet on that. We're using over 20 gigabytes of data per day between all the <laughs> Netflix streams and all the work that I'm doing. And um, 
it's uh i found that the speeds really vary and we get deprioritized after 22 gigabytes so i am running into that in denver we ran into that big time over the fourth of july i think like everybody was streaming video uh over lte and the, even though we had good signal the speeds were pretty much unusable and campground wi-fi is sort of iffy i'm actually on the campground wi-fi now so this this is actually about as good as it gets but um yeah, that's a big challenge. I guess my tip there is if you're going to do something like this, if you're going to travel and you need to work and do calls and things like that, try to book places that are near major highways because there tends to be good internet near the major highways. Um, but even that is not for sure. Um, there's a site, I think it's called Open Signal. You can go look, and it's actually an app on your phone. You can actually go look at the map and it will tell you the signal of the of the various carriers. Um, but you just don't quite know until you're there and then you just sort of have to deal with it. So that's, that's been one of, uh, that's one, one of my challenges. I also found out that AT&T through a lot of States still has 3G, not even 4G. They have 4G is workable. 3G is not, uh, like Western Nebraska, even along the highway was 3G. And there was a lot of complaints coming from everybody in the car on that one. I couldn't even listen to a podcast reliably over 3G. So, um, Let's see. What so, else? Yeah, I was going to say, you got any questions for me? No, I, I, th- I think the coolest thing about what you've decided to do, though, is this is something that your entire family is experiencing together at the same time. Yep. And it's and everybody, even though that you do have some younger ones, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to remember this as being oh, something yeah. different that that's occurred in their lives. Absolutely. And and it, it's a cool experience to be able to go across such vast different uh, distances and experience the states that you go through in a different way. Yeah. So here's the saying that I think will resonate with people that have kids. Uh, you have 18 summers with your kids and really the first couple don't count, right? So let's say 15. So you really have 15 summers with your kids. That's it. 15. Like check them all every year. You check one off and it's gone. Well, and not only that, but the last couple they don't want to spend with you anyways. So <laughs> yeah, a couple off. Yeah, I mean my kids, uh, the, my boys my, my, are my, mostly into Fortnite now. <laughs> yeah, my oldest ones. Yeah, they could care less about doing the, those kinds of things with us. Yeah. Now my six-year-old daughter, right she's. Right yeah, my six-year-old daughter, she's having the time of her life because she loves the swim. She loves this. She, I mean, she is just, she is having the time of her life. And I'm hoping that she remembers this and we're going to, you know, do more stuff like this in in the summer. But I think this is just so fun. And, and actually, you know, two years ago when we moved out to Seattle, we actually drove our minivan out there and we had two dogs, we had two fish, uh, we had everything that we needed for the trip and everything we needed for the two months after that because our stuff was in storage. Um, so we had, you know, two months worth of stuff in our minivan and we went into hotels every night and I had literally had to empty the entire minivan into the hotel room every single night, uh, where we stayed. And, uh, and that's annoying. Yeah. And even through all of that, like my wife and I, we, we look back to that trip, which was only like seven days. And we're like, that was one of the best trips that we ever had. It was seven days and it was mostly driving and we still had so much fun. Uh, because we did get, get to do, you know, some fun touristy stuff. And, and that's what we're doing on this trip, too. I mean, we're basically living in a place for a couple of days and we're able to go into town. Like tonight, we're going to go have a supper in Omaha. I don't know what they're known for. Is it steaks or something? <laughs> so, you know, like, we, you know, we'll, we'll do a little bit of research and figure out like what the cool place is to go. Probably take the kids to a park. Um, you know, we've been doing that at every place that we've, uh, that we've stayed in. And then we also have the weekends, depending on when we have to drive. Sometimes we have to drive on the weekends. Um, and one cool thing that, you know, that we had to balance on this trip is like, how much driving do we want to do versus staying? Um, so we were in Denver for, uh, actually nine, is it, you know, it was eight days and seven nights. And, uh, here in Omaha, it's just three nights, in uh, Salt Lake City, I think it was five days that we had, um, you know, so you sort of have to balance that because we're doing uh, basically seven or eight hours worth of driving between each location. Basically, we said, hey, we want to stay in a place for a long time and we just want to get the driving over with, you know, just do it every, you know, like we just drive like once or twice a week and do it that way. Uh, but another way to do this would be stay in every place for two days and just drive three hours every day. I mean, that was certainly an option as well. Um, I think with kids, I think five, four or five days is probably optimal. 
was was kind of what my wife and I were talking about. When when our kids are gone, our plan is to just sell the house and just live in a motorhome. And uh, in that case, I think what we'd end up doing because of work and everything like that, I think we would end up staying in a place. I've talked to a couple of full-timers. They'll generally stay in a place for like two or three weeks. Um, so I think we'd be interested in doing that. And then maybe just drive three hours and just, do, you know, just work your way around the country. There's so much to see, uh, you know, everywhere that that's, that's just what we want to be able to do. Yeah, that's been a really other... cool trip to, to live vicariously through you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's something it's, it's challenging. I mean, it's, it, the work has been really challenging. Like originally this was supposed to be like a nine week trip. And I think we turned it into like a three and a half, four week trip. Um, I will say like, this is, this was a good amount of time. I'm glad it's not nine weeks. The, the work is challenging. And, um, and like right now it's funny, they're mowing grass, you know, like right by me. So, you know, there's, there's challenges like that for, for phone calls. Uh, there's the, there's the heat, you know, but I'm going to go, I'll go swimming later. Um, you know, I'm going to be, I will be happy to be in a house and have my office sort of separated again, be able to focus quite a bit more. And then also I'm going to have the gigabit, uh, fiber, uh, installed at the house, having that stable connection. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Having that stable connection that I know I can count on is going to be, is going to be pretty huge. So, um, yeah, while this is, you know, I feel like we're, we're having like the time of our life. Um, it's also, you know, I'm going to be a little bit glad whenever it's done and I'm looking forward to the next thing. I will also say like, you know, I was talking about going full time, uh, when, uh, basically when my daughter turns 18, which would be in, let's say 12 years, that's when we'd like to buy a motorhome and, and do this full time. What I'm really counting on is 5g technology. So I'm, you know, supposedly this 5g tech is, is around the corner. Maybe it's even a couple years away, but the promise is that you will get, gigabit ish speeds. And I'm hoping within 12 years that that's, that's basically the case. I'm thinking it'll be pretty ubiquitous, right? Um, where we can actually have, you know, basically high speed internet, uh, wherever we want to go, um, all across the country and be able to do this remotely. And I think when that happens, um, I think a lot of people are going to start considering that type of uh, lifestyle. I mean, it's just, it just gives you a whole new type of freedom. And then if you do have to travel for work, um, you just drive there, <laughs> you know, you just, if you know, you got to be in Seattle in four weeks, you just adjust your trip and say, okay, well, we're just going to start heading that way and we'll stay this many days in each place. And I mean, what a, what a cool way to live for sure. Awesome. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about, and because you've made such a drastic change and if we're on this, like choosing your life thing, you know, not everything has to be that dramatic. Um, when we were at build, uh, at this point it was like two and a half months ago. Um, I did what I always do for a conference. I packed my backpack with all the stuff that I need for the conference. And then I realized I had extra room. So I packed extra stuff and that, <laughs> right. Cause I mean, that's just what I do. Uh, you know, I want to be overprepared. You know, if anything happens, I want to be able to, you know, tackle it with all the tools that, that I would need. And it kind of makes for a miserable experience. I mean, if you look around at conferences and I've been to plenty and I know not everybody has the luxury of going to conferences as much as I do. Uh, but everybody kind of has a backpack or they're wearing nothing. Maybe a couple people have a messenger bag. And I realize that as I'm traveling and I'm doing a lot more traveling now than I used to, that, you know, a backpack is just a terrible uh, way for me to operate from. So what what I've kind of was researching is what can I do that comfortably uh, carries everything that I need uh, for the traveling, conferences, stuff like that, but yet doesn't get in my way. Uh, so what I started looking at was messenger bags big time. And this is just my own personal view. I was able to find out that um, – uh, a messenger bag that was kind of just the right size, just the right look. I didn't want it to be ugly. I wanted it to be classy, something I could wear, uh, you know, bring stuff with if I had to be dressed up or casual. Um, so I found one by uh, a company called Nutsack, Bag- Nutsack Bags. And uh, at the time, it was their biggest one. Uh, they've come out with a bigger one since. And um, I took it on the next trip with me. And I will say for flying, it was great. Because in the past, like even though I had my backpack – to like shove under my seat it like barely fit under the seat and which made which means i had less leg room and stuff like yeah. that 
Um, but with this, I was able to comfortably keep it under there. It had everything I needed. Um, uh, and it, it was great. Um, I was also for a conference and I carried this tube. And that's where I realized that while I found a good bag for traveling, it still didn't fit my conference needs. Um, because this conference was in the middle of July and in the middle of July means, um, you're wearing pants, you're wearing a, you know, a shirt, um, but yet it's too hot for a jacket. Now, if this were in the middle of winter, I would, I would just shove stuff in my jacket and that would be good enough. Um, and then I realized that women really have it awesome because they can have purses and a purse is, you know, uh, something that you hold wallet, phone, notepad, Mm -hmm. whatever. And that's when I started talking to you because I was interested in maybe getting like a small tablet and you had really talked me out of, um, just getting extra tech gear for the sake of having tech gear, um, so what I ended up doing is I ended up calling from that same nutsackbags.com. Uh, they've got something called a man bag, damn it. And uh, it's a funny little play on words, but it's essentially, you know, you know, a man's equivalent of a purse. And I've been actually using that um, pretty much uh, for my daily carry. I keep my wallet, my uh, my badge, like just all the stuff that you kind of need with you. Uh, but that I would normally keep in my in my jacket, except it's too hot for jackets now. Um, but the additional thing that I did need is because I also want to be able to like take notes and being able to type on a phone keyboard is not as fast as if you have a regular one. Uh, I found a folding keyboard that's just amazing uh, from iClever. Um, the nice thing about it is um, it folds and when it unfolds, it's the same size as a full size keyboard. It also has backlighting and I love backlit keyboards. Yeah. Um, and it's it just does the job for me well. So uh, that I keep in that bag nonstop. So whenever I need it, it's there. Um, and I can take quick notes, emails, really learning the uh, the iOS keyboard shortcuts and where there aren't enough keyboard shortcuts because there's no like yeah. old tab. Yeah. But this keyboard also has the ability where you can hit ohm, you have a search button so you can oh, kind of get there quicker. Um, yeah. And it's actually a really good experience considering the limitations of iOS. Um, so between those two things, I actually have, you know, a ton of traditional style backpacks from all my previous employers. We have an MS Dev Show one. Um, those I, I'm still going to use because there's a trip that I'm coming up that's a like a two day trip, and I'm not going to bring my suitcase. You know, I'll have a backpack filled with clothes. I'll have my bigger messenger carrying um, uh, bag for my laptop and my tech gear and I'll be good to go on just that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, for me, it's like, you know, making sure that you have the right software tools to do your day job as a software engineer is one thing, but also making sure that you're optimizing for your experiences and what's going to make you comfortable. Cause if you're, if you're carrying around a 15 or 20 pound backpack for a three day conference, you're not going to be happy at the end. That just kills my back. I don't, I don't know how people like you do that. I, I can only have like a couple pounds on my back. Otherwise it just kills me. So and, I don't get how people do it. And, and, and I know that like a lot of people aren't going to carry like the man bag that I have because they don't like how it looks. But um, one thing that my wife said, because she's kind of you know, like against me having that just because of the social stigma. Uh, but one of the things she realized, you know, I live in the Midwest this is kind of like Bible belt country. And there's a lot of people who have Bibles in these like canvas cloth carrying cases. And she says, I'm just pretending you're bringing a Bible with you everywhere you go, because that's what it looks like. That's so funny. that's, that's how she gets around, you know, her husband quote, having a purse. That's pretty amusing. Um, okay. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I just hope that this opens up people uh, to be aware of, you know, where they might not be happy with their careers, their lives. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be small. Uh, you know, we have a lot of flexibility uh, to just kind of shape and make the decisions to live how we want to. Um, you know, a lot of times you look back in the day, you look at like people who are working factories. You got to clock in at six in the morning. You don't get done. For eight to twelve hours, you clock out, you go home, and you're so tired that all you want to do is zone out and do nothing. Um, but we live, 
you know, in, in a time and in a, in a place with our careers that we have lots of options. So why are we, you know, living the lives the way that we are? Let's make sure that we're doing something that's making us and our families happy. Absolutely. And of course, they're mowing the lawn right next to the trailer. So um, <laughs> I, one thing I would love to get, I would love to have people send in their questions about, um, you know, about remote work and about, um, you know, also about the, the RV trip here. You know, I'm happy to answer any questions that, that people have on, uh, you know, basically doing this type of uh, uh, trip. And I'd like to see more people do it. I know it's getting more and more popular, but I'd love to see more uh, tech workers. Right now, it's uh, old people and, um, I don't know, your mix of just random uh, random other people that are on vacation or renting something. And I'd love to see more and more uh, tech people doing this. Um, okay. So you have a life hack tip of the week. What is that? Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, follow Jeff Blankenberg and he has a newsletter and this actually came out, uh, this morning in his newsletter. Uh, also just as a, uh, little note, he also works for Amazon. So this is a tip about Amazon. Uh, and I'm just going to quote his paragraph here. Uh, if your house is anything like mine, you have an abundance of Amazon boxes lying around waiting to be recycled. In addition, we also have plenty of toys and clothing our children have outgrown and plenty of other house good goods that are, household goods that aren't being put to much use but are still in great condition. Did you know that you could put all that stuff back in an Amazon box and Amazon will pay for shipping to send it to Goodwill or another charity? You can clean out your house, reuse those cardboard boxes, and help a charity all at the same time. Uh, you can print free shipping labels at givebackbox.com slash Amazon. And he also has a video that he's included there. We'll have in the show notes. Uh, I didn't so know about this service. Cool. <laughs> and as, as you <laughs> I, know, I thought this I also would really fit in with the topic of the day about like just changing our lives, maybe doing some decluttering. I mean, we all have stuff somewhere in our lives that we don't need. Uh, even if it's the stuff that we just got in those Amazon boxes. Yeah, this is this is super awesome. Like I had no idea because we we take stuff to Goodwill on a regular basis, um, and we also recycle our Amazon boxes. But like, I can avoid that trip, and uh, and do it this way. So that is uh, that is very cool. Cool. Anything else you want to cover, Carl? I think that's it for today. I, I hope people got a little bit out of this. This is a, a not quite our normal episode. Mm -hmm. uh, and if uh, you want to hear more episodes like this, let us know. If you have any ideas for your future episodes that might be along these lines, let us know. Absolutely. So where can people find you, Carl? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. And you can find me at twitter.com slash ytechie. So thanks for the great conversation, Carl. Absolutely. Absolutely.